Welcome to Poison for Profit. Poison for Profit, Profit, Profit. How's it going, Nick? How you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? Having a good day? I'm doing all right. Yeah. Our third episode. Oh, yeah. We're rolling now. Well, really cranking them out. Now available on Spotify. Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts now. Pod chaser uh, for all you pod chaser. Pod, <laughs> pod racer. Yeah. Isn't that what it was called? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, something like that. I don't know, I've, we're not yet on Apple Podcasts. Can't remember my um, Apple ID. So, um, all right. Yep. Today we are going to be talking mostly about COP twenty seven. Hopefully, for the last time. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Because it's starting to get a little ridiculous, I think. Um, but anything to add, Nick, before we get started? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm interested to hear what you have on COP27. I haven't done too too much research on it just because I kind of know the outcome already. But <laughs> um, no, I look forward to hearing about that. I've got a couple things on some regulations that are getting put into effect. Or hopefully put into effect. Uh, that's what I'll be talking about today. So, uh, all right, jump right into it. Let's start the episode. today i got an article uh that the u.s epa is uh beginning to consider new uh, regulations on locomotive pollution um so i thought this was pretty interesting topic for me at least i don't think about trains and (laughs) a lot of that stuff often is a big source of pollution i feel like we've kind of moved a, a lot away from uh, train travel, but the EPA yeah. is uh, bringing us right back to it. Uh, they are fairly dirty uh, polluters, apparently, I, which I didn't really think about. Um, but yeah, I don't really know much about train engines. But so a lot of this push for stricter. Stricter rules and regulations on the air pollution from locomotives is coming from a group out of California called the California Air Resources Board. Uh, so in 2017, they had asked the EPA to have stick, stricter standards for locomotives. Uh, but at that time, the EPA was not really going forward with the request at all. Uh, yeah, um, CARB, as yep. it's known, right? California Air Resources Board. I've actually heard of them before. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I think they have, they played a pretty big role in Elon Musk's fortune as a as an electric vehicle tycoon, I guess. Hmm. Um, 
but uh, that's something we can get into at a later date. Uh, <laughs> there's some other podcasts that that uh, you really can listen to for that. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's interesting though. Yeah, uh, like you said, we kind of, as a country, moved away from train travel. Yeah. So this is an interesting decision. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm sure it's still used fairly for commercial, I would think, would be the main thing it's used for. It's. I mean, you can yeah. take a train places, but it's just not really economical compared to an airplane at this point. I mean, yeah, for human travel, it's really seems to be hardly used at all, right? right. It's mostly moving commodities from one mm-hmm. place to another, uh, minerals, things like, like coal and other raw materials for manufacturing. I know the industry I work in, we get a lot of train cars in that have different raw materials we use in our process. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely an interesting move by the EPA. You know, they definitely want to address something very important, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, and I'm kind of, it's like it makes the gears kind of turn in my head as to why they're doing it now. I think the demand for more high-speed rail and, and things like that, you know, is kind of, seems to be rising across the country. Right. Um, and this almost seems like de-incentivizing that, I guess. Yeah. Um, and... I don't know how, what the emissions on high-speed rail are like, but, you know, just to add new regulations to locomotive pollution, you would think that it would sort of de-incentivize the investment into that. Exactly. And it's not a small investment they're making either. It's $3 billion in grants and rebates to reduce the air pollution at ports. Uh, so that's where the trains or locomotives, whatever it is, uh, where they're you know stopping and getting their shipment either loaded on or unloaded. Um, so I do think it is a great thing. Uh, by all means, but it, it just seems, I don't know, it seems like we have a lot more important issues to actually tackle at this moment to me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, any way we can reduce air pollution is good. I'm just interested to see how that moves forward. The the CARB, is a CARB so California uh, Air Resources Board, they're pushing for more, more than what they're doing. They want all the locomotives to be less than 23 years old um, and that they want that done by 2030 and then they also want in 2024 all locomotives with an automatic shutoff device so they can't idle more than 30 minutes at a time Uh, so that's kind of like a lot of cars nowadays automatically shut off if you're at a red light for like a few seconds um, oh, sorry, yeah. so I think that's those seem like a pretty interesting uh, ideas to put out there um, but yeah I'm, we'll see what comes of it uh, it just seems like a little bit I don't know to me like you said it just seems like why is this the big push right now what is 
Why are we yeah. talking about locomotive? I feel like we're back in the 1900s. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so going into my next topic, uh, we're talking about Biden is pushing for uh, the big federal contractors to cut their climate pollution. Uh, so what this would basically, the, the very slim of it is that uh, the federal suppliers would need to disclose their greenhouse gas emissions and the climate change risks they face. So kind of putting the pressure on the suppliers, which to me, I feel like that is exactly what we need to be doing. Uh, we need to actually have these contractors, these suppliers, everyone needs to just be aware of the pollution that they're creating in this uh, world that we live. And I think this is a pretty cool uh, move, if you ask me. Uh, I The one thing that is a little bit strange to me about it uh, is that the targets that are that Biden has proposed we go for are targets from the 2015 Paris Accord, uh, which, sure, that is a good target, but I feel like we've progressed quite a bit since 2015. Outdated, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it seems a little bit outdated. I would have liked to, I don't know. I, I'm sure I don't know exactly what that regulation is, but... I feel like if they just would have been like, oh, we came up with this regulation and not said it's seven years old. Uh, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a good point. People have been working on the science since that, right? Exactly. Um, I mean, I'm sure as you know, it's like every day things change in our fields. Uh, you know, oh, you did it this way. Now you have to change and do it this way. We did this research and found out that this is the better way to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's studies showing that, you know, the, the target that all these meetings talk about and what the, the Paris Accords were, were targeting was 1.5 degrees Celsius of warming. Right. Right. And I'm seeing studies that are, are saying like, it's almost too late to avoid like four degrees celsius of warming so we're, we're just blowing past all these things all these all these targets um are now becoming unreachable and we're not you know the, our governments are not changing their expectations i guess um to match these yeah and that's seems to be the biggest problem is that new science comes out everyone's like okay well what are we going to do about it and everyone just looks at everyone else to do something about it everyone no one actually takes that front you know that front seat and makes the change they kind of sort of look to the government or a big company or agency to make that change yeah so this rule it's a uh, so it's like a, a fining rule, right? So if you 
I'm trying. I'm just trying to understand what this actually is that he's proposing. Yeah, it's 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 very confusing. It's they have to they have to publicly disclose their emissions. Yep, exactly. So uh, basically, if they receive seven point five million to five hundred or fifty million in annual contracts, they're required to publicly disclose their scope one and scope two emissions. So scope one covers their direct emissions from sources uh, owned or controlled by the company. Uh, so that could be like their cars or like a power plant. And then scope two is the emissions from generation of energy the company purchases. So that'd be, you know, like their electricity bill, I think. Does that, that make sense mm-hmm. to you? Okay. So... Uh, I'd say it'll definitely be, I don't know, I think that would be a good step in the right direction just to actually keeping track of a lot of these things and uh, seeing where corners can be cut. Is there anything for contractors receiving above $50 Uh, See, it doesn't say that, so... (laughs) That's, That's... isn't I mean, that a funny cutoff point? <laughs> there's, yeah, right? I mean, when you think about government, when I think about government contractors, I think about like Lockheed Martin, uh, Halliburton, mm-hmm. right? Like these these uh, huge weapons company. manufacturers. Right. Yeah, Halliburton does like hydraulic fracking. Yeah. Um, which those, those contracts are have to be way above 50 million right so just to, i've i'm having to assume that they're being left out of this purposely um yeah and maybe it's not in this article but as far as i can tell it's there's nothing they say something about if they do less than 7.5 million they're yeah, exempt from the rule but exempt, it doesn't right, say yeah. if you go above it just <laughs> it seems a little bit like oh yeah. We'll leave those big ones out because we need them to make our bombs or <laughs> yeah. whatever is other there, crazy shit. Yeah, so they have to disclose emissions and there's not really any rule yet for like limits, right? Uh, not that it really says no, it just... I mean... It just, just says so... that they need to disclose it. <laughs> So yeah, this is kind of ridiculous. The, you can put that in the contracts that they have to disclose emissions. There's no reason that that we need a federal rule for that, right? Like, right as as a contract, just stipulate that you have to tell the other party of the contract what your emissions are. Um, I don't know. This is. Like, this is obviously the, I mean, it's something, but to me it is, it's kind of trying to not misdirect, I guess, but, but you know, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. Is, it feels, it feels like it's a feel good, a measure. greenwashing of its own. Yeah, exactly. It's a feel good measure. Um, Part of it, I think, is that the companies have to set a goal 
for, uh, you know, to limit their greenhouse gases and emissions and things like that. So yeah. it's like, well, that's not, you're just having them set a goal. And if they don't meet it, what happens? Nothing. Right. Okay. <laughs> uh, and I can tell you as somebody who kind of deals with goals like that, that it doesn't always go that way. <laughs> Uh, you don't always meet your goals um, as like, you know, right? Uh, an industrial company, right? Exactly. And yeah, if there's no like, unfortunately, if there's not a, a motivating factor, they're not going to do it. They're not going to push to meet those goals because why would they? Right. What there's if, no enforcement. Right. There's at the end of the day, a company's trying to make money, which I understand. They want to make yeah. money and they need to make money. It's a company. <laughs> uh, so they're they're not always going to have the best uh, the best goals yeah. and the best things for our environment, which is where I feel like That's, at least both yeah. of us think that the government should be stepping in, enforcing exactly. them to. <laughs> That's where regulators are are supposed to come in. That's like that's what we have them for. Yeah, and to uh, protect our public and yeah, but. But this is a good, uh, nice little article. Yeah, basically, we're gonna, you know, do a whole lot of nothing <laughs> as usual. Yeah, it, yeah. Oh. I like the uh, the Washington Post's um, title. He pushes to require them to cut climate pollution without actually making any requirement to actually cut it exactly yeah. <laughs> you guys need to reduce your pollution but yeah. i'm not going to make you oh yeah yeah i mean that's just the way it is with the, our political system it's they need to try and get reelected. unfortunately we have career yeah, politicians which yeah and that's how they get reelected is money exactly. from these corporations yeah and if they're i mean can you imagine if, like, he was actually requiring, like, you make a reduction or you get fined for every, I don't know, percentage year over year, a lot yeah. of amount? Those big companies would be lobbying so big against them. I understand that part of it, but it's like... Yeah, either gosh. that or they would actually invest in, you know, methods to actually meet their goals, right? Exactly. Um, yeah, or they, yeah, so they're investing to try and meet their goals or they're just going to invest into a politician that will let them do whatever they want or help yes. their bottom line. So it's just it's such a problem I feel in our country. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. I don't know. I, 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 again, I'd like to see more come of this, but just like the last one. And yeah. I, I mean, I, this is definitely something to at least follow up on see if any any like regulation actually comes from this right Instead yeah a hundred percent we need to yeah. it, there, there needs to be a regulation not just i don't know to me it's like a, what you tell like a first grader like okay what is your goal for the year like are you going to reduce your climate pollution by <laughs> you know Ten, <laughs> like yeah. it's not like no like i don't know i feel like they should be expected to and yeah I yeah know. i mean at least you would think the target 
would would be there for reduction and it would be in this article right um, or like if he's pushing them all to plans, set right. sorry uh if he's pushing them you know oh it'd be great if you're all going to try and reduce pollution by a percentage a year or exactly or something yeah. just any goal that Carbon he's pushing emissions. for yeah 10 percent reduction yeah it's just nothing it's just set yourself a goal oh it's you not, need yeah. it oh <laughs> too bad yeah. <laughs> You'll get them next year. Once again, we're talking about COP27. <laughs> well, like I said, hopefully this is the last time we have to really talk about this meeting because it is kind of turning into a joke. Uh, and it's starting to be reported on as a joke also. But there is things that I think it's important to point out because these are government leaders and they're the decision makers um, as it relates to climate policy, right? First thing I want to talk about related to COP27 is the 636 fossil fuel lobbyists that were granted access to the conference um why wouldn't we want them there zach that's all yeah, I would yeah. To know. <laughs> they're they're a vital part of reducing emissions yeah fossil fuel lobbyists love the environment <laughs> yeah and that's kind of like so this is in egypt right egypt yep. is a big exporter of natural gas and fossil fuels um so a lot of this this specific year's conference has been focused on the fossil fuel industry and reducing emissions of fossil fuels. Or, um, I guess better put, would be cutting emissions by carbon capture and storage. So what carbon capture and storage, or CCS as it's called... Um, revolves around is storing carbon in in anything that's pretty much outside of the atmosphere itself right um, so one of these examples they have in here is wooden furniture could count as a uh, quote-unquote removal of carbon from the atmosphere How? Um, <laughs> right yeah I guess you'd Cut the down tree did all make... the work. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, but like none of this is is revolved in any way around actually removing the carbon from the environment, right? Right. Or or I don't even know how to put it. Or or like Like actually capturing the carbon. It sounds like they're yeah capturing. It. <laughs> it sounds like they're just making a, a way up that they can be like, oh well, we bought a wooden chair, so that is a good way to reduce carbon. <laughs> yeah, no, and but it's like yeah, we have. It's like okay, so planting trees could be a way of carbon capture, right? People sure. know that. Um, yep. But that's planting trees. That's not building a fucking chair, right? It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, that makes no sense at all. Uh, and, and there's there's a, 
I mean, so all of this is has been put together by by the fossil fuel industry. There's a, a ton of trade shows going on at this conference, um, basically to support the idea that fossil fuel industry can reach zero uh, zero emissions by carbon capture and storage. So by all this kind of um, bullshit, I would I would call it. Yeah. Um, but it pretty much has come to the point where the conversation around phasing out fossil fuels or reducing fossil fuels uh, is starting to, to be abandoned. And I mean, like with 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 some countries, you can kind of understand it, right? Um, like small developing countries, they need energy. They need certain ways to continue developing in the path that they that they want to develop in. First of all, um, which isn't always the case. But when we talk about all these giant uh, exporters like um, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, um, UAE is, is a big one that's at this. Uh, they brought the largest number of lobbyists to, hmm. to this. They're, they're still, um, they still have the goal of net zero emissions by 2050. Um, but pretty much all through that CCS marketization and, and carbon credits right yeah which is it's it's never the same as you know capturing or reducing the emissions that are happening from the fossil fuels or whatever it might be it's not you know a carbon credit's great someone else is doing the work or whatever sure but it's not you're not reducing the impact it's like i don't know in my head it's you make a giant mess and then you're covering it up instead of trying to reduce the thing making the mess. Yeah, exactly. Um, John Kerry's the U.S. Uh, special envoy, I guess, is what he's is called <laughs> for, <laughs> for the, the uh, conference. And his big thing is also uh, carbon capture only company so he says that only companies with set science-based targets and commitments to achieve net zero emissions by 2050 would be able to take part in this program that he's putting together um which would exclude fossil fuel companies um but at the same time those companies are the largest uh buyer group of the carbon market Right, that that he's proposing. Oh, and um, at the same time as this is going on, there's an there's an article from the Guardian titled "Oil and Gas Firms Planning Brightening Fossil Fuels Growth Report Finds," and that 655 of 685 companies uh, for oil exploration and production have expansion plans in the near future. Uh, so it's 96% at a time when, you know, you would think we would be talking about reducing 
right? Phasing out. Um, 96% of companies have plans to expand, which is 20% higher than it was last year. We're going in the opposite direction. Uh, there's no, there's, there's no way you can capture carbon at the same rate, let alone what they'll be doing. You know, what, whatever, if they, if they follow through with these expansion plans, you can, you can't even keep up with it at the current rate it is. Right. Exactly. I mean, like you said, it's a lot harder to capture it than it is to, I mean, burn you know gasoline in your car you're just putting carbon right back out into the environment so it's just of course (laughs) i don't even know uh what they're thinking with this (laughs) yeah Next, we're going to talk about the Biden speech. And you said you didn't listen to the Biden speech, I didn't right? listen to the Biden speech, so I'm very interested to hear how it went. Uh, it went about as well as a lot of people expected, I think. <laughs> anyway, I'm not even going to like comment on his cognitive state <laughs> um, and his ability to, to give a speech in general. But, um, I mean, it, it is what you expect. He talked a lot about all the great things the U.S. is doing. Main thing was rejoining the Paris Agreement, um, which, like we talked about, is seven years outdated. Um, talked about the Glasgow uh, Climate Pact and getting two-thirds of the world's GDP to commit to limit warming. I mean, he tied a lot of it to economic output. Hmm. And to me, that's just, I don't know. I don't know why the economy always has to be the center of the conversation. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. It's, we're talking about the environment and why is the economy even part of it? Uh, I mean, yeah. we, we all know air pollution is affecting people everywhere. It's a health crisis, yeah. Exactly. Um, it just gets brushed over. It's just like for the economy or whatever it is. So, of course, they're yeah. tying it in. He had a, a he shared a quote from the International Energy Agency that the U.S. investment um, will, quote, help turbocharge the emerging clean energy economy um, and that it was... And that he also said that uh, good climate policy is good economic policy and leads to good economic growth. Oh, I mean, it was just, I mean, it's like I said, it's exactly what you expect. It's just so annoying at this point, right? Yeah, it's just saying a whole lot of nothing, but saying a lot of words. <laughs> right, yeah. He did have like one. Uh, and if he wasn't, if he could actually get through a sentence without messing up, I would, I would consider it like a Freudian slip. Oh, really? What, what he ended say? with? Yeah, he said, 
he kind of, well, he didn't leave it off, but he, towards the end of this speech, he said, uh, if countries can finance coal in developing countries, there's no reason why we can't finance clean energy in developing companies. I think he meant countries, but it's like, <laughs> that's what it is, right? It's like, you're not, you're not investing in clean uh, energy in these countries. You're investing it in these companies. And then these companies go and take over the energy market in these countries. Uh, so it was, I mean, it was a little bit of a nugget there that I caught. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, Al Gore also gave a speech, um, which was a better speech. He's a much better speech. I was going to say, he, he, he seems okay to me. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, he is a better trickster, I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> makes a lot of money, I think, off of... They all do. That's the crazy part. Yeah, all the politicians is, yeah. make so much money. <laughs> Yeah. Some of the things that he said, though, um, that bothered me a little bit, kind of, he talked about the this epidemic of climate refugees leading to authoritarian uh, governments. And it's almost like he was, he was blaming xenophobia on, on the migrants and on the climate crisis than, like, just racist people right <laughs> it, was, it was it was i mean he's trying to drive home a point but it's like you're he's totally missing the mark and he's totally like it's a, that's the wrong thing to say right right uh he said that we need to move beyond uh the fossil fuel colonialism and in my opinion at the same time what's happening or, or what's being proposed by you know, the, the CEOs that signed the letter we talked about in the last episode, right? It's not moving beyond fossil fuel colonialism as it is replacing it with, like, a, a clean energy colonialism where they're going in and controlling uh, energy markets in these countries, right? Uh, so, it's, I mean, it's just a couple things where you listen to all these people talk in this conference um, that are supposed to be the lead voices of these issues and it's not what it would appear to be um, from the description of the event right right well from what it seems to me it's never just our planet is suffering you know, we have terrible water pollution we have terrible air pollution we need to do this 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 and to stop it uh, it's always, like you said, the companies are tied in, the race is tied in. It's like, why can we not just talk about the environment and the natural resources and, uh, and do what's best for people at the end of the day, you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, and that's what you get when you allow whoever wants to come in and sponsor or whatever when you when you allow that to happen right like well, there's yeah, gonna be these kind of greenwashing efforts which has become what the entire conference is yeah and i mean who has the money to send someone there it's these companies it's not the non-profit uh environmental organizations the non-profit uh 
or like the people that are doing the research like you know your uh like local state governments they're doing research on uh the air pollution water pollution around them um it's, exactly. never, it's never those those people there it's it's just the companies that are creating the problem in the first place like you said greenwashing the whole thing uh patting exactly. themselves on the back for how good they've done when we all know it's not enough um yeah I don't know. It just seems to be, as we predicted, Zach, COP27 is going down in the history books is exactly the same as all the rest. <laughs> well, it's the closing week. Um, I really hope there's nothing notable so we can just move past it. I hope there is something notable that is I good. Mean, I, hope, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm just <laughs> so tired of talking about this type of event, though. Right, yeah. But it is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. Um, I mean, this is why we do have to talk about it, though, is so that way I think it's important to get this information out there that I think most people don't have the time to, like, I mean, I didn't even listen to the speeches, but you did. So this at least gives people some information as to what's actually happening at this event and not just them thinking, oh, good, they're talking about the planet and coming up with solutions. But that's not, unfortunately, what's happening. Yeah, so. I mean, it, it is it's important to kind of point out when things aren't what they're presented as. Exactly. And that's just that's really all we're trying to do. Yeah. So. that's all we have for this uh episode of poison for profit i hope you guys enjoyed listening along with us uh enjoyed hearing some of our takes we hope to see some more comments and uh hopefully questions or suggest some future topics for us we're checking them uh as much as possible so you can do that on our twitter we'll take questions comments uh concerns anything like that at poisoned the number four profit on twitter so um same same thing email is poisoned the number four profit at gmail.com yeah so yeah we'll send your comments questions concerns there um and then also uh just let us know if there's any other podcast sites that you'd like to see this on we just recently got it on to quite a few different sites uh, but if you don't see it on your favorite podcasting site, let us know. Uh, any suggestions that way are much appreciated. Hope you guys uh, did enjoy this podcast, and we'll talk to you next time. If countries can finance coal in developing countries, there's no reason why we can't finance clean energy in developing countries.